What's up, everybody? It's been a minute, but we're back. C2 Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Cole, along with my co-host, Carter White. Uh, we are back, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Feels good. Feels good. Feels good. We're currently in the car. That's how committed we are to getting back to this thing. It's been a minute. We've uh, had some things to take care of. It's been a while since we've been talking sports, but we're excited to be back. Football's back. That's a great thing. And uh, we're just ready for it. So we got a, a lot of good topics. Um, Carter's taking the lead tonight because I'm currently in the driver's seat. So you know, got to be safe here at the C2 Sports Podcast. We don't <laughs> condone uh, distracted driving. So um, we're gonna go ahead and get it rolling. Uh, I'll go ahead and let Carter take over from here. But yeah, we're excited to be back and we're ready to just have season two of the C2 yes, Sports this, Podcast. This is season two, ladies and gentlemen. And to be fair, I mean. We're taking off the summer. I mean, there's not that much going on in the summer. You got MLB but and some golf, but I mean, who really cares about that? We care about football. <laughs> it's back. The weather's getting cooler. Everybody's feeling good, and we're back for season two, and that's what matters. All right, so getting into things, we're going to start off with college football. That's uh, definitely one of the most uh, obvious things to go ahead and start talking about here. And today, as of this recording, it's a Saturday evening. And why don't we just go ahead and kick it off with talking about the Alabama struggles today in that game. Cole, what are, you, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, Alabama looks really bad at the moment. Um, definitely doesn't look like a Nick Saban coach team. Normally a Nick Saban coach team is going to roll into South Florida, roll them over, um, and then roll out of town. I mean, it's going to – and nor- normally that's how it goes. Normally that would be a 40-point blowout, and they get on the road and go home, and that's that. Um, but that wasn't the case today. They struggled. It was a tie game until the fourth quarter. They ended up winning by two touchdowns. One was a trash time touchdown. So really, I mean, it was really only like a touchdown win. I don't know. It's just very concerning also the quarterback situation. I mean, you had Milrow who – Yes, hasn't looked great, but did lose to a Texas team who I think could possibly in the college football playoff. And we'll get to that a little bit later. Yeah. 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 I mean, so to his credit, I think that Texas team is very good, and I do believe Texas is back. I know they say it every year, but I think they're pretty legit this year. Which can't say it because we're going to jinx it. We know it happened last time (laughs) that they said it. But I agree with you on that one. And uh, just to add to your point, I mean, like you said, Alabama is normally the type of disciplined team that when they play these teams that are definitely worse than them, they do not play down to that level of competition. Yeah, yeah. We've seen other teams in the past. I'm not going to name names, but there's teams that have reputations for playing up and playing down. Alabama normally, you know, they don't have to play up because they are the team that gets played up to. And when they go and play these teams that are below them, they normally go in there, take care of business. Nick Saban's mad because they won by 40 and not 50, and they call it a day. Yeah. So definitely not used to what we're seeing with Alabama, in addition to, uh, like you were saying, the quarterback situation, which normally we see Alabama, they've got their guy, they keep him for the whole year through thick and thin no matter what happens. And seeing Alabama already now use three quarterbacks this season is, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. It's, we're not. Nobody's used to seeing it. I'm sure Alabama fans are – you know, uh, less than pleased from to see what that I know, as well, Alabama so. fans are not happy. And, I mean, this just means that, well, the, the real question, I don't, under, I don't know what's going to happen is, 
I mean, is Alabama going to even be a contender this season? Are they right. going to fall apart in the SEC? Or are they going to be like three, four loss team and just? Yeah, I mean, and if that happens, is Nick I mean, Saban going to retire? That, that, well, that's the thing. <laughs> it's like it's come. It's becoming to that point, and then we're only through three games, but it's coming to that point where, I like what what is what is going to happen? Because like I said, you you had Milrow who was solid. I mean, I say solid. He really wasn't great, but. But he wasn't like he wasn't terrible. Know, it, I mean, he it, wasn't as bad as let's bring in the backup and when he doesn't play good, let's bring in the third string. Oh, and that's what they brought in Buckner, I believe is his name. They brought him into the transfer from I think he's from Notre Dame. He comes in and he goes five of fourteen for thirty four yards. I mean, that's pitiful. And so then they bench him and bring in the other guy, Ty Simpson, in, and I just and and all this happening while Milrose sitting there watching, they're like, I, I mean, I played better than this, right? I, I mean, mean, we were we were sitting there watching the game, and you're like, he's got to be just itching to get in right yeah. now because I mean, how can you just be seeing this and, and you're so, in a position that you could step up and help your team? I mean, maybe yeah. even they're in a position where they could have lost that game. Well, it's just something you know? that is very, like I was saying, unlike Saban because now you roll in the next week when you start SEC play, which I think they're at Ole Miss next week, which is a tough game, but. Because they always, I mean, they're always going to get Oh, and Lane, Kiffin, Lane oh, yeah. Kiffin's ready to roll. And oh, yeah. I, Ole Miss is freaking awesome. If there's one, fans are ready to rock. If there's one game he wants to win, it's against, and you know, I, I, Ole Miss, Alabama. like I said, is freaking awesome. But anyways, my point my point was that now you roll into Ole Miss and you got three quarterbacks who have all played and they're sitting there looking at Saban like, well, who's going to play this week? Right. None of them have any confidence because they've all gotten benched now. Right. right. None, of them know, none of them know exactly what's going to happen. They're going to roll into practice next week, and they're going to be in practice, and all of them are probably going to get first-team reps. It just it, It's a situation that now is very sticky, and it's at the wrong time of the year. This needed to be done by the end of week one. You needed to know right. who, your, who your guy was going to be right. by the end of week one. But now you're rolling into week four, and you have no idea. And that's – I mean – and it's just very weird because this right. is something you would not expect right. from Nick Saban and Alabama. It's a bad position to be in for any team. But exactly for a team of Alabama's caliber, I mean, it is just, the last thing that you I mean, it was seventeen three, and it's not like they went and played a, a, I don't know, I mean, like a Boston College or a low caliber Power Five. I mean, they went and played South Florida, and, and South Florida made some bank to play them too. Probably, and, I mean, yeah, they went to South Florida, right. and so they they went they went to South Florida thinking like this is going to be an easy one, but I mean, they were challenged, and I I don't know, it's scary for me. Like, I mean, in all honesty, I'm not a huge Bama guy, so seeing them struggle is kind of funny. But at the same time, I'm in the same boat. On yeah. That one, I, at the same time, it's like just really weird. Like this, I mean, since we were kids, Alabama's been Alabama. Oh yeah. I mean, for as long. I mean, there's a reason why me and you both dislike them. Yeah. You know, we're not going to spread biases here on the C2 Sports Pod, but I mean, it's just true. It's because they've been so good They're our whole lives every year. You know, it's you're used to seeing them being so good, so. I mean, that's why you just like them. They beat your favorite teams and, and all that. But moving on to kind of the flip side of things with Alabama looking like a very shaky start to the year, we're going to flip things. We're going to go to the other coast, and we're going to be looking at Colorado yeah. in prime time. Is prime time the real deal, Cole? I'm just going to open with that question. Well, they already have more wins than they had last year, so he's doing something right. He's beating a Nebraska team that's always Nebraska. I mean – Yes, that's a good win. I mean, they are a Power 5 school, but Nebraska is Nebraska. Um, and then he's beaten, I think, who's a solid TCU team, well-coached. Sonny Dykes is a great coach. 
and they um, did lose a lot. But let's not forget where they were just one year ago. Yeah, from I mean, today, were, I mean, just a few months ago. They lost a lot of players, but they were in the right. college football championship. Right. Um, so they beat the TCU team, and I mean, Shadur, Shadur, and Travis Hunter. I mean, legit, baggage baby. That's that Louis Vuitton luggage. Legit one and two Heisman candidates, in my opinion. Oh yeah. At this point, I mean, the they are absolutely I mean, cooking. They're doing some insane stuff. They play tonight in about an hour. At Colorado State, which I I, th- I think is going to be a good game, but I think they're going to take care of business. Um, I think they're 22-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, yeah, which, it's up there. I mean, like I said, you, you, at the beginning of the season, they were, I think, 17-point underdogs against TCU, right? I, I don't know. What uh, that exact line was to fact check you? On I, that I one, think they were underdogs. I'm pretty. I'm pretty positive they were big underdogs against TCU. The point is how much the script has been flipped in, in just a very weeks. short amount of time. Yeah. yeah, and that's the coach prime effect right there. And I then just uh, the whole the whole them in social media and all that and them blowing up online is. I mean, there's a lot of buzz. Yeah, there is they, a lot of there's buzz. a lot of buzz, and I think it's becoming it's. It's getting to the point where it's really good for them, but if they start to turn around and go the other way and start losing some games, it could really hurt them too. It's just it's going to come down to how disciplined has Coach Prime made that team, and are they going to be able to continue to just keep their head downs, keep their heads down, and keep grinding and keep doing, you know, putting in the work the way they have to get to this point, and not let that social media and that fame start to get to their head, you know? Yeah. Because you do see that happen from time to time when. A team gets really high expectations. They start to kind of ease off the gas. They think they've made it there, and then they face a tough game, and then they go and lose it because they didn't prepare like how they should have. Yeah, um, I mean, so. them going to uh, them going to the Big Twelve next year, I think, is going to be a lot of fun. Um, they're gonna they're, they put up points. Obviously, we've seen that. That's what the Big Twelve does. They put up points. They're just they're a really good fit for the Big Twelve. Um, they're, I mean, of course, like I said, there's a lot of buzz, um, and that's something the Big 12 needed because the Big 12 was kind of looking a little shaky after losing Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC. Right. Um, so now bringing them in, that's huge. Um, and I, I mean, just kind of jump into Texas real quick. After Texas was going to the SEC, I was like, oh man, like they're in trouble. They didn't look good. But I after, thought the same thing. After beating thing. Bama, I mean, Texas looks legit. And they got Quinn Ewers, who's a great quarterback, in my opinion. He can throw that thing. He's been he playing good. He was slinging that thing against I mean, Alabama. he's looked really I good. Mean, that was impressive. And, and the thing is, like, they have Arch Manning sitting in the right, in the, right behind them, right. ready to roll. Right. And I mean, we've seen Arch Manning. I mean, he's legit. And we know the genetics that he yeah. possesses and the people, you know, he's got some pretty good uncles. So, so I think that – I think the Big 12 is in good hands with Colorado coming in. I think Colorado is legit. Uh, I don't know how legit quite yet. We got. We need to see a little bit more. I'm really excited for that Oregon-Colorado game in a few weeks. Um, but, yeah, I think they're legit. I mean, what's your opinion on it? I think they're the real deal, man. I think the primetime effect – is a real thing. I think that he brought in whatever luggage he needed. I, I think he's a really good coach. I mean, he obviously knows a lot about ball because he played for so long. And I think that lost his a few toes in the process. He did lose some toes in the process, <laughs> and he still struggles with it to this day, from what I hear. But I mean, I just I think he has good coaching philosophies. You know, the things that he does with the 
what is it? The patches on the jerseys with the like L the for L leader and, and the D. For, what is the D for? Dog for dog. Travis and, Hunter know. and uh, one other guy. Are and they're dog. some certified dogs. Let me and tell then you what. And Shadur and another guy are leaders. Right. And you know, just I mean, it's definitely non-traditional. You know, you're used to seeing the C, the captain's patch on there. And you know, a lot of coaches also like traditional, really good coaches like Nick Saban like to you know not really give too like guys too much credit and hype them up and all that, but. You know, primetime's like, if you're playing like a superstar, I'm going to treat you like a superstar. Yeah. And that's something that we haven't seen with a lot of successful coaches in the past. But I think that's just kind of the modern era of coaching. And he's not afraid to do things his way, do things differently. And so far, it's working out. I mean, he's already taken a team that was an absolute dumpster fire in the last couple of years. And I mean, obviously, we're sitting here on a podcast talking about him, which we would have never done that if he wasn't there in the first place. Yeah. Whether they're good or not, we'd still be talking about him. But the reality is they seem to be pretty good. They've got a good start to the year. They've got, you know, Heisman candidates on that team. And, you know, everybody's excited to watch them. I mean, their average ticket sales, I can't remember what the exact number was, but it's from last year it was like maybe 60, 80 bucks. This year for the first home game or whatever, it was like $512. I think they're – Colorado. I think it was like six or eight bucks their ticket sales six. last year. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I mean, I legitimately, it's probably true. I think I, I don't think tickets for Colorado, I, like Colorado games. We like y'all have to understand, Colorado games before all this happened were empty. Colorado I mean, for like the last twenty five years has been literally nothing in the sport of football. I, I mean, you could show up with like a a paperclip, a piece of yarn, and like a bus token, and probably get into front row seat. <laughs> yeah. Two years Co- ago, <laughs> Colorado has been the absolute joke of the Pac-12 for the past 20 years, and now all of a sudden everybody is scared of them. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's it's crazy. I, it's still crazy to me that uh, Dion is there and not at Florida State, his alma mater. Right. Um, and I know that Florida State loves Mike Norvell, but. I still just it, it amazes me that they didn't go and get Dion when they had the chance. Even um, though Florida State seems to be having success of their own, yeah, so whatever yeah. so, they've I mean, chosen they, to do, they, I mean. obviously that's working too. Um, I it's just very surprising to me that either Florida State or some other bigger power. You're surprised school, that he didn't go to some bigger school. I mean, I mean actually, I the think Colorado yeah. AD said that they didn't even have the money to pay him when they first hired him. The money that they guaranteed him, they said that we will make that money. We're not worried about it because they knew how much he was going to bring to that school. I mean, and that's whoever <laughs> their financial guy was is clearly right because yeah, I mean, I mean what we're seeing already. So yeah, I'd say it's pretty prime time. <laughs> so, like you were saying with Colorado, going to be moving to the Big Twelve, tighten that. How good of a fit they are. Let's just segue that into what's going on with the Pac-12, man. Everybody is jumping ship. I mean, what is there, like, two teams left that haven't committed to go into another conference within the next, yeah. what, year? Oregon State and Washington State are all that's left. I mean, that's just insane. I mean, what what are your opinions on, you know, all these teams, not only just the Pac-12 kind of disintegrating, even though as of this recording, you know, plus or minus, they have eight teams that are in the top 25 ranked right now Yeah. in the AP poll. I mean, how, like, that seems like a conference that's having a lot of success, which it seems like a weird time to kind of disband, but... What are your thoughts on, you know, the current state of them on the Pac-12 and, like, their, how they're going about this, you know, disbanding? And what are your thoughts on where all these teams are deciding to go as far as geographically, 
you know, some of these teams on the West Coast going to the ACC. There's teams going all over the place. The implications of that on student athletes and travel during the year. I mean, clearly there's a lot to be figured out here. So I just want to hear any sort of reaction you have to any of those questions. Yeah, I mean, I think that the Pac-12 is just super unlucky. Um, it's just unfortunate that they didn't get if they if their TV deal would have run out two years later and they could have had this season before people started splitting off, I think that they could have made a lot of money. And I think that when you have eight of the 12 teams in your conference in the top 25, I mean, you don't really have to say much more. Right. Um, I, I would consider this a pretty unusual year for the Pac-12, at least in yeah, the I mean, last five don't years. Don't get me so. wrong. I mean, the Pac-12 has never been like a terrible no, no, no. football. Yeah, like, they're always been not. pretty solid. They always have two or three teams who are up there. Um but, I mean, this year is just proving that, I mean, they have a good overall conference. Um, it, it's unfor- Like I said, it's unlucky, it's unfortunate that they couldn't get another deal in place, and that's strictly because the money is just elsewhere, um, and TV deals and all that are taking over college football, which is another unfortunate thing. Um, so it just sucks. It sucks for the Pac-12. And, they, I mean, it was a good conference. It's all mostly on the West Coast. I mean, it works out well. Um, and just kind of moving into that, the whole commentary alignment is just terrible. It is. It. Uh, and I think a lot of sports fans would agree with you on that one. Oh, yeah. I, I don't really know there's too many people that are big fans of this with, I mean, just to list a few things, like I said, the student-athlete and traveling implications – the implications of I mean, you're going to tell me that freaking tennis teams got to go right. to their match in the middle of the week over in California. Right. And that's, I mean, and that's a big thing. I mean, you look at football and they're traveling to play one game a week and most of the time it's on the weekend. And with those things being said, it's normally not that big of a deal, you know, but it's really about like what you're saying. Those, these other teams, like even basketball during the week, I mean, they could be playing two to three games a week all over the country now with, this conference realignment and going all over the place. And I mean, well, you want to talk about I, the, teams like it's basketball. Just funny. Like it's said. just funny because the NCAA says we are all about student athletes. Right. And student emphasis on the student. Yeah. And part. we, we want the best for them and all this stuff. And that's what they've always said. And they always contradict themselves. It's never right. about that. It's all about the money. And that's the same way for these conferences. They, all they care about is the money where they're going to get more money because they signed this TV deal. And it's unfortunate because now these kids, I mean, I, I, I don't know how, like, the basketball team, like you said, I don't know how they're going to be in school. I mean, that's a lot of logistics to, I mean, that's I, like. I, I just don't know how they're going to do class. I mean, right. they're, they, they're going to have to be online. Right. Like, in all reality. I mean, they, yeah. I mean, it's going to have to be because they're going to. seems like that would make when the most you, sense. When you say, for example, I mean, Cal and Stanford have now joined the ACC starting next year. You have, say, NC State, for example. NC State plays at Cal on a Tuesday night in basketball. Right. Okay. Well, you're going to fly over on Monday because yeah. you're going to have Tuesday in their gym to get some warm-ups in, uh, get shots up. You're not going to fly. The, you're not going to time fly. adjustment. You're not going to fly over the same day. Right. So you're, you got, yeah, like you said, three-hour time adjustment. So you're going to get there on a Monday. You're going to warm up on a Tuesday morning. You're going to play Tuesday night. And then they're going to have these kids. They always do this. They're going to have the kids fly out right after that. 
So then you're going to fly out after the game, and you're going to get home about 6 a.m. the next morning. Right. So now you're absolutely exhausted, jet lag. Yeah. You name it. And you think these kids are going to roll into school, roll into class. So now they already missed class on Monday. Right. They missed class on Tuesday, and now you're expecting them to go into class on Wednesday, absolutely exhausted, and no one's going to go into class on Wednesday. And then so, Thursday they're going to Miami. Yeah. And then like Sunday they're going to Syracuse. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, it's all over the place. Exactly. And it's it's. There's no like there's no way that they're able to go to in person classes. It's going to yeah. have to be online. I mean, that, like you said, that's that's a very good point. I mean, now you're talking about you're maybe attending like twenty five percent of classes in yeah. person, and uh, I mean, yeah, base, I mean, baseball just, team plays a series the whole weekend, right? So you can like they can kiss their weekends or whatever goodbye. And not to mention, when you're not at games, you're also at practice, you're at workouts, yeah. you're at film study. You're at, I mean, the list goes on and on. Yeah. And everybody always talks about, you know, the reason for NIL is because they have a job and they put in all this time and make all this money for the school. Well, yeah, they do have a massive time commitment. And making the travel to the games take all this extra time because of this conference realignment is certainly not going to help. It's going to, in fact, make it much worse. Yeah. So maybe they do, or maybe they will have some special online programs that they have to get put together for the student athletes. And I don't know. Like you said, emphasis on student. Well, these decisions don't make much, but another point you brought up, and this is a good point, not just in sports, but in life in general. If something ever doesn't make sense to you, just follow the money. And all of a sudden, <laughs> it'll be extremely clear. I mean, it, it works for anything. Yeah, Sports are a good example when you know we see stuff like conference realignment, we see stuff like NIL, whatever. But just in general, in life, if something doesn't make sense, follow the money. I promise you, you're going to get to the root cause of whatever's going on. So, well, what I mean, do you what do you think about the like the teams going to the different conferences? So, like the ACC, for example, they're getting Cal, Stanford, and SMU. So, like, is that beneficial to us? Right. I mean, I think I think a I think Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC could be beneficial for oh, them. Yeah, I think especially so with the state of Texas football right now and well, I mean, Texas and basketball is good last year. Somewhat expanding West like that, right. and and it's not and it's not that they didn't crazy. Re, they didn't reach out to California, right? right. It's, it's not geographically, it's not that crazy. Yeah, but as far as you're talking about teams, like let's just go through the rundown. We got Cal, Stanford, SMU joining the ACC. We got Oregon, Washington, UCLA, and USC joining the Big Ten. We got Arizona, Arizona State. Colorado and Utah join the Big 12. That's basically yeah. the gist of what's going on right now. But yeah, I mean, for something like the ACC, you know, I don't really know how it's going to impact it. I don't, I mean, my initial thoughts is neutral to negative. I don't really see much of a benefit. Yeah. I, I mean, we've already outlined problems with the student athletes, but if you're just talking about just schools and sports in general, I mean, none of those schools are offering any sort of like insane competition compared to what's already existing in the ACC for big sports. Well, I just um, I don't. There's just a lot. Like for me, there's a lot more options that we could have went and gotten that make a little more sense. Like for than example, that. one that comes to mind that I think is would have been huge for the ACC is UConn. Mm. Football not great, but they just won a national title in right. basketball. Right. And women's basketball. Every year has been great. just historically amazing. I obviously. mean, other sports they're they're pretty solid. I mean, baseball is there all right. Uh, I mean, like I said, football football's coming around. Like they've you know, never been great at football, but they just played us to a ten tight points, game. You know, ten points and that season open. Like that's one that's always that's always been on my mind. Memphis is another one. 
Um, just teams like that that are somewhat still towards the East Coast, your Atlantic Coast, I should say. Sure, yeah. If we even want to, I mean, nowadays the name. I don't even the, know. I mean, it should, it what need to be you going to call it a Pack Two now? I mean, <laughs> I don't. It, it's it's really dumb in my opinion, but I don't think I don't think Cal does us any good. Cal has completely fallen to a crap university. Sorry, Ben Finley. Um, I think uh, Stanford is okay in my opinion. I think that that's I think that I mean they're in the past a great athletic school. Right, they're always solid. So good academic school. Yeah, good academic school too. Very good. Academic so I think school. that can come around. Uh, SMU, I was a little like, what in the world? I mean, that one didn't make Mustangs. much sense to me. Mustangs. I mean, I guess their jerseys are sweet. They always got some pretty freaking they sweet did. jerseys. They did. We'll, we'll uh, give them that. Their athletic programs aren't bad. Their fo- baseball, football, basketball is always pretty solid. But does it do us any good? Not really. Now you just have... Freaking Boston College got to go to Texas on a Tuesday night. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I agree. I agree. I don't know. And then as far as that now, as far as for the Big Ten, I think those are good pickups for the Big Ten. I mean, all four of those teams, especially in football, are pretty good. So it really seems like AC is getting the short end of the Well, I mean, here. and that's what happened. We picked them last. Right. Which we are the last ones to the dance. And, it, and I'm disappointed in our Wolfpack because we were the turn vote, the swing vote that right. allowed them in. So I guess we just got nervous and thought that the ACC was going to fall apart. I don't know. I don't know. You know what, Cole? Follow the money, man. I'm telling you. Just follow the money. Yeah, it makes more sense. You know, whether or not the fans are going to like it, whether or not it's good for the conference, who to be determined, but financially – I'm sure there's all sorts of insane benefits, or else they wouldn't be doing it, obviously. So, on the topic of financials in college sports, while we're at it, Transfer Portal and NIL, that's been a big topic lately within the last year or so since NIL's, you know, started to become a thing. you have anything outstanding that you'd like to mention on the, any of those topics? Um, I mean, some people say it's ruining college football and other college sports in general. Yeah, what, what? I think I think that I just think that some of the rules in place haven't actually been upheld, while some are being created on the go. I just, I mean, the NCAA, no clue at all. I mean, that's what it stands for. That's, there's the acronym right there. Yeah. Um, so it's really, I mean, it's their fault. It's not these students' fault. It's not the school's fault. I mean, for example, the whole Carolina thing with Tez Walker, the wide receiver transfer. I mean, they didn't even give him his, like, notice that he wasn't able to play until, like, an hour before kickoff. Uh, or I, maybe, I think it was after the game, actually. Like, against South Carolina, he really wanted to play. They were playing in Charlotte. That's where his family's from. This was the second time he had transferred schools. Um, and then that happened and it's, I mean, it's happening all over the country with other schools. It's just, the rules are not really set. They're kind of being made as we go. Um, it's just disappointing. I mean, it's, it's, I think it is ruining college sports. I think that the transfer portal, in all reality, I think that part of it is on the kids. I think if you're a hundred percent committed 
then you should go to that school. Hence and the name, hence the word committed, right? Like, you're not committed if you decide to decommit. That's not committed. Um, I don't know. I've always thought that's pretty stupid. Now, I get it if there's a coaching change. Right. I get it if something happens within the organization. But if you're just, you know, if you kind of haven't been playing good and you just kind of lose your job and you want to go pout about it, I mean, that's not much of yeah, an excuse to just jump ship like that. I mean, that's not. I mean, and, one week later. And, and I else. think that's where the putting in place the allowing maybe one transfer per player. Right. So that way the kid really has to think about, right. is this the right move for me? Right. Um, so he can go to a place that he feels will really fit him I, or her. I think that, I don't know, I think that we need to start disciplining these kids again um, and make them really think about their decisions because, yeah, they're in college, they're going to play college sports, but most of them are going to be done with sports at the end of this. And they need to be disciplined and understand that not everything is going to be everything, oh, happy-go-lucky. Um, they need to see what the real world's like. Yeah. I mean, in all reality. Yeah, I mean, true. Uh, so so basically, you're, you're saying, and I would say I agree with this, there needs to be a fine line, or there needs to be a middle ground found between how it used to be where you go to a school, you commit there, you're going to be pretty much stuck there for your entire career if coaches change if you have injuries if you have a change of heart etc cetera, etc cetera, you're stuck there and you're screwed whereas nowadays it's almost the entire polar opposite side of the spectrum where it's like you can just go willy-nilly and go wherever you want you wake up this morning and you feel like you want to go well, to that's like, this uh, place and then the next day you wake up and want to go to this place and you just do it and just do whatever the perfect example is jt daniels i don't even know where he plays now but i think he's transferred four or five times and he uh Played, I know he's played at West Virginia. He's played at Georgia. He's played at uh, well, there's he's playing at a small school now. I think he's, he's, at, played, Rice. he's at Rice. He's yeah, at yeah, Rice. Yeah, yeah. Fact check. He's at Rice. And then I don't know. He played at a four. I know he's played at four schools. I can't remember West Virginia, Rice, Georgia, and somewhere else. But anyways, my point is, I mean, that's ridiculous. Right. That's a kid who. Oh, I'm not going to be the starting quarterback. Okay, <laughs> let me go to somewhere else. I like that impression. <laughs> I mean, it's. Come on, man. And yeah. it's like, I'm sorry. I played high school basketball and I sat on the bench, but guess what? I was still a leader and I still supported my teammates. And you had I, L and D on your, and on when, your jersey. And when, when I got in, I got in dog. and made an impact. And then I went back and sat on the bench and started clapping my hands again. And you didn't get a choice if you wanted to transfer I, high school. Well, and I could have transferred, but I didn't care. I mean, I, I liked being on a good team. I mean, for JT Daniels, for example, go be on freaking go be the second string at Georgia. Support your boys. Go in a natty. Go in a natty, and if it your time comes, your time comes. And then, like eighteen years later, when Stetson Bennett leaves, and then you're <laughs> you know you can be the starter. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I I know you said you pretty I, much agree. I agree. I think there just needs to be a middle ground that needs to get found, and and a lot of that just ha- comes down to the NCAA planning these things more in advance. And I understand it's difficult because things are rapidly changing and. The rules of college sports have totally changed the last couple of years, but just get a little bit more guidelines in place. Like you said, put a limit on how many times you can transfer. Make some sort of different rules where you can get exceptions where you can go where you want to if you're not happy or there's coaching changes or there's a legitimate reason, but not just to the point where it is now where it's all willy-nilly, go wherever you want to and you know have absolutely no loyalty to any sort of college and they have no clue whether they're going to retain you or not You know, yeah. unless you're 100% happy. So I just think a middle ground needs to get found there. As far as NIL, I mean, 
I've always been a pretty big fan of NIL. I mean, like like we have mentioned on other podcasts and earlier even today, I mean, the kids make so much money. I mean, Shadur Sanders is bringing so much money to Colorado University, you know. So it's like it's only fair that he does get to see some sort of compensation. And how we were talking about it's a full-time job between, you know, now they're getting me traveling even more and film and practice and all that. I mean, they do deserve compensation. Yeah. And so I, I think we're definitely on the side of NIL and not too much of a problem with that. We established what we were going to say about the transfer portal for today. Yeah. And that's going to lead us into our last topic covering college football today, which would be a extremely way too early overreactions, underreactions, you name it, college football playoffs prediction for this year. Four teams. What are our thoughts right now? As it stands, the rankings for college football right now go Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Texas. So those would be your top four. And then it goes USC, Ohio State, Penn State, Washington, Notre Dame, Alabama, Tennessee. The list goes on from there. What are what are your thoughts on, you know, way too early. If somebody had a gun to your head, who's going to be in the college football playoff? Name out four teams. Who would you say right now? It's tough this year, man. I mean, college football this year, there's really not – there's not that team. I mean, yeah, Georgia's Georgia. And we saw Georgia struggle today, yeah. like we said earlier. I mean, I, I had South Carolina – covering and they did i mean they've been george in the first half looked rough um but i think your number one team in the college football playoffs is going to be georgia i mean i think they're going to go undefeated and think they're going to three-peat i don't know i, I thought we we're just crazy. picking our playoffs okay not okay, the okay too much know. pressure okay uh, <laughs> we'll get to that one in a few weeks i guess um i think they're going to be the number one team at the end of the year going into the playoff i think that the number two team is going to be the winner of the Big Ten, whether that's Michigan, Penn State, or Ohio State. I don't know yet, but it's going to be one of those three. I think it could be Penn State. I think oh, Penn, underdog. I think Penn State's underdog. pretty good. Nittany um, Lions. I don't think it'll be Ohio State. I think it's going to be really Michigan or Penn State. Go see a whiteout game in that stadium, man. That's yeah, quite a sight. Um, Saquon Barkley. I think is going to be – Oof. I think it's going to be Florida State because I think Florida State's going to go undefeated just because of the ACC. Well, I don't know. ACC is so wide open. But also, I, I, I think three and four. I think three and four is going to be Florida State and Texas. I don't know where, but I think that's with going to how be. with how Clemson has started the year. Which normally that's going to be oh, if the, you want to come out of the ACC, that's the team you're going to have to well, run through. And but this year, it just doesn't seem like that I big think, of a challenge. I think Florida State plays Clemson either next week or the week after. So we're probably about to find out. And I think that – well, and I don't think Clemson's going to do anything. I think Clemson's going to lose another two or three games before the end of the year. And I think that – I think the teams that Florida State's really got to worry about are like a trap game against – like. I don't. I don't really even really know what their schedule is this year. But I could. I, if they play, see, if they play Pitt, like I think that could be a game. And they, maybe like an away game against a team like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like we saw today, they beat Boston College by two. So, um, who who do they got on their schedule? They got they got Clemson, Virginia Tech, Syracuse, Duke. Oh no! No way, Duke pulls off two is big it at wins Florida this year. State? Um, let me see. Is Florida here. State the lower team? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. So it would be afterwards. So, so they at least got that working for them. I don't know. That could be a really. That could end up being a really good game. Duke. I've liked Duke this year, man. They I think like, everybody they was extremely shocked. No, yeah, 
but they could certainly ruin some teams' chances to make the playoff. Yeah. Or just ruin a whole season. Uh, and then, and then outside looking in, I think that the winner of the Pac-12 is right there. I think that you got Colorado, Oregon. Coach Prime. That would be something else. I man. think Colorado, Oregon, and Washington looks freaking phenomenal. Um, freaking Penix, that guy might win the Heisman. He's legit. That's their quarterback. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I, I'm kind of agreeing with you right now. Just looking at the top four right now, I mean, it's really hard. I mean, it just sounds like such a casual take, but it's hard to say, say that it couldn't be an extremely realistic scenario looking at these top four in Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, and Texas to make the college football playoff. Personally, my team that I would take as, like, maybe the one seed would be Texas. I mean, I just – after watching that game against Alabama, even though, you know, clearly with today's game against South Florida, it doesn't seem like they're the Alabama that we've all, you know, grown to expect to see. But I just think the way that team looked, I mean, Alabama still got insane athletes. They got a lot of talent. They're coached well. And, you know, just seeing, you know, them sling it all over the field and play good defense. And, I mean, I, I think Texas could be a serious contender this year. And yeah, they look really Obviously, good. if Georgia is undefeated, they're going to remain as the one seed. But then even as the two-seed, I could see Texas moving up there. Like you said, it's going to be some team, you know, coming out of the Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State type of deal. Uh, Washington is a good one to bring up. But, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna say this right now in hopes that we come back uh, to this uh, later uh, on in the year. Uh, and I think Coach Prime, baby. Oh, my God. I, <laughs> Dude, I think. I mean, I think with a few losses to some other teams, and then Colorado just cruises on through the year with a, some quality if, wins, and they go undefeated. Man, that would be. If that happens, dude. If, if that would be one of the craziest things ever. The script writers the of college football just absolutely writing straight heat right now. If if they put Colorado to make that happen, and you know, I can see it happening, and I'm just gonna say it right now. And if it totally misses, you know, no harm, no foul. If it absolutely hits and they do it, we're going to come back to this podcast. I'm going to look like a genius. So I'm going to just say that as my sleeper pick. And uh, other than that, like we said, I mean, the teams you're looking at in the top right now, it, that could be a very realistic scenario. I don't know how many times that's happened where you've taken, you know, week three and you see the top four and those are the four that end up making yeah, the playoffs. I don't know. I'm sure it if you look at the stats of that, it's just not very likely. But there's a first time for everything. And like you said, maybe you have a team like Washington, maybe you have a team like Penn State mix in there, and then you got Georgia and Texas, something like that could be pretty realistic too. It's just so hard with college football nowadays because it's all so even with the transfer right. portal and NIL and all that. Right. That, yeah, it's just really hard. And, you know, the last couple of years you got your dynasties with Alabama and Clemson, they're just not there this year. Yeah. So it's weird. You have to try to look to new teams to yeah. say who's going to be the ones that are going to be at the top of the you know rankings at the come, come the playoff time. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, that's really all we got on the docket for college football today. Is there anything else you'd like to add to that? Or? That was a long segment. That was that. We're looking at the uh, <laughs> looking at the 38-minute mark right now. Yeah, that was But solid. that's good. Look, we've, you know, we've taken all these months off, so we ought to come back with a lot of content. <laughs> you know, there's no excuse to not make this an 18-hour episode or yeah. something like that or just be yeah. doing it through the night. But All right, well, I'd say that about wraps up for college football. And uh, now moving on to NFL. And I'd say how we do this, we're just going to go through the matchups coming up this week and just we're just going to, you know, give our two cents on them and maybe a couple other things come up regarding players or fantasy or yeah. some teams that we like so far, sometimes some teams we don't like so far. 
and we'll just kind of go about it that way. Um, once again, shout out to Sleeper. That's what we're going to use here. They got a lot yeah. of really good shout out Sleeper. There. Shout out Prize Picks. I mean, they really uh, you know, call nine one nine or whatever <laughs> the gambling numbers if you need gambling help. It'll be in the description down below for yeah. legal purposes. Um, but both those apps, Sleeper especially, man. Sleeper is just. I mean, awesome. whoever designed Sleeper for fantasy, I mean, it just makes things awesome. Not it's, only for fantasy. I mean, I'm going through here in the game preview. We can see every game coming up. We can see the stats for every team. We can see, you know, their fantasy implications, plays, percentages, all sorts of crazy stuff. Yeah. So, Sleeper's awesome, man. Let's see. First game, you know, starting off with the 1 o'clock slate. We got the – well, I guess we could talk about, too, we, we got the Thursday night game that's already coming yeah, going. Yeah, we could do a little recap and of that. that was a – that Thursday night game was an Eagles victory 34-28 to over the Minnesota Vikings. And that was a game that we saw, I mean, a lot of crazy things. We saw a first quarter that was just – if anybody was watching that. That was some garbage time football. They were fumbling every other play, turnovers. I mean, both teams looked horrible. Obviously, you know, the competitiveness and everything kicked in later with, you know, how high scoring it ended up being. Um, just to give you a quick run through in the stats, Kirk Cousins, you know, played a phenomenal game stats-wise. They obviously didn't get the job done. They fall to 0-2 to start the year. So like that's Kirk Cousins goes for Kirk. Kirk Cousins, 364-4, though, absolutely tore it up. Uh, as far as the running game is concerned with the Vikings, Madison, he had a tough time. But uh, a lot of that, you know, is credited to the, you know, outstanding Eagles defensive line. You got guys like Jalen Carter that they just drafted, the whole lot of that team. I mean, Madison was getting hit at or behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah. So there's really not much he could do there. I mean, 28 rushing yards. I think Ramondre, which is also that regarded Georgia Bulldogs good, defense. You know, exactly. I mean, they just would. <laughs> they drafted all Georgia Bulldogs. And clearly, it's a good strategy because – I think Ramondre had like maybe 25 yards last week. I mean, he's a good running back. Madison's a good running back, 28 yards. I mean, you're just going to be seeing a lot of running backs just not even top the 30, 40-yard mark against the Eagles this year. And, I mean, obviously the way is going to be to attack them through the air, even though they do have a good, you know, pass defense too. They got Slay back there. They got a bunch of dogs. Uh, there's no doubt they have one of the best defenses in the league. Uh, also, just to finish off on the Vikings side, you know, Hawkinson had a good game, two touchdowns. Justin Jefferson, no touchdowns again, but another he almost had that one yard game. Yeah, fumbled in the end zone. Which talk touchback. about the touchback rule, man. Some people are saying we need to change it. I say hold on to the ball near the, you know, near the but goal. I, okay, one thing. I, how how is that not a touchdown if he had the ball when he crossed the plane? Nah, it was loose already. It was. Yeah, it was loose. Okay, already. I really didn't. It was. Get to it was it. close. It was a really close call, and I think I they didn't called know it, was it loose already. I was talking to my coworker, and he said that he still had it. Oh yeah, no, it was. I think. Okay. I think based on the replay. Uh, it was definitely loose. I was going to say, that, the rule right. is if you cross the plane and have right. control, right. that's touchdown, right? Just, yeah, all you have to do is just like, barely there's, get There's quarterbacks that jump over the pile, right. just reach the ball over right. and fumble. You it. just have to get a millimeter of the tip of that ball to cross the millimeter, very front part of that spray-painted white line, and that's a touchdown. And uh, But, no, there's no doubt it was definitely out, but he still had a great game. I mean, a lot of people are coming to this game, taking his under maybe with Slay, you know, going to be shadowing him all game. You obviously know that's who they want to God, go to. He's so good. It man. didn't matter, man. Eleven catches, 159 yards. There's a reason why he's getting drafted where he got drafted yeah. 101 across every single league you ever played. I mean, in. yeah, even friggin' super flex leagues, he's getting picked at. Right. Some some people want him at one. And uh, you know, besides that, Jordan Addison continues to break out. He's oh, had dude. a touchdown yeah. in both games so far this he's year. He's gonna be really good. Both were a deep touchdown, and it's almost kind of looking like the next Justin Jefferson. I he's... mean, Justin Jefferson rookie year. He kind of eased into the it Vikings, slowly. I, I just I cannot believe 
and I don't know. I really like Kirk Cousins. I just I, I don't know what the Vikings' problem is because I think that I, I mean, yeah, you had Thielen, who I've I've always been an Adam Thielen fan. He's never done anything wrong. Adam Thielen, <laughs> and then and then you had Justin Jefferson. I mean, you had both those guys, and now you just replaced Thielen with Addison, who's even quicker and right. I bet probably a better receiver than Thielen. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's early in the year. They're 0-2 already. I don't know. I don't know. Looking at the Eagles side, Jalen Hurts, definitely not his best performance. I think the biggest thing to note is, you know, his rushing upside and just his skill of watching him as a runner last year was just a huge part of that Eagles offense. I mean, he would get out of the pocket, and he'd take off like he's going to score a touchdown every single time he'd go to run. And, you know, just watching this game, it seemed like he was just very timid. I don't know if he's scared of getting injured, if this is a coach's direction to, you know, just not take as many hits as we see with a lot of running quarterbacks. You know, a lot of veterans and stuff advise quarterbacks to just get down, don't take the hit, you know, be a, you know, keep your longevity in the league. But, I mean, Jalen Hurst, he just wasn't running the same. He didn't bust out any super long runs. He looked timid and he looked kind of slow and just, I don't know, it was weird to see that. I don't know if he's maybe dealing with an injury that's not been reported, but that's just something to keep an eye on moving forward. He still did end up with a pretty good day of fantasy, 25 points in standard scoring. He had two touchdowns because they got down to the inches yard line, and everybody knows what's coming, the quarterback sneak, and you're absolutely never going to stop it. It doesn't matter with Jalen Hurts. And uh, so, yeah, he still got two rushing touchdowns. I think the biggest thing of this game from both sides was how well DeAndre Swift played. Yeah, I mean, he had one touch in week one. Gainwell goes down. He's out for this game. And not only did DeAndre Swift get a ton of work, he had 28 carries. He also had 175 yards on those 28 carries and a touchdown. A little bit of receiving work, three catches for six yards. Nothing crazy in there, but he didn't need it. What, what, what's the deal with Rashad Penny? Dude, Rashad Penny? I know, can't believe they haven't just I, dropped him yet. I think watching him, and I don't want to compare Jalen Hurts to Rashad Penny, but Jalen Hurts or Rashad Penny? Yeah, I don't want to compare them either. They're completely no, different no, no. positions. I'm, I'm just saying, visually watching Jalen Hurts, how I was talking about kind of how he just didn't really look that good, look that good of a runner. Rashad Penny, for you know having his career, he's obviously had a lot of injuries, but when he's been healthy, he's looked like a dominant runner. Yeah, he was on the Seahawks. Yeah, when he was, he was healthy, healthy. Yeah, and I don't know what's happened, but I mean, this game he looked horrible. I mean, he just did not look like a good running well, back. Well, they don't even – I mean, they hardly gave him the ball. He looked like he was running in slow motion with the opportunities. That he didn't get. I mean, again, three carries, nine yards. He didn't get that much of, you know, of opportunities. Well, yeah, but there's a reasoning for that. Like you said, right. it looks terrible. He didn't look good. I don't know what's going on with Rashad Penny. But, I mean, well, there was talk before the season. I told you that. that right. the people, they right. were talking about so that he might not even make right. the 53-man roster because right. he looked so bad in camp. Whatever they were seeing in camp, clearly whoever was watching this game had to have seen as well because he didn't look that good, but – I mean, even, you know, you had Boston Scott go out there and take five carries for 40 yards before he got hurt. They didn't talk about that on the broadcast. I had no clue. Boston Scott got a ton of work before halftime. Didn't see him all second half. He didn't mention on the broadcast, but turns out he did have a concussion. That's why he didn't come back into the game. But he even looked good out there. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the biggest headline, I'd say DeAndre Swift. I mean, we haven't seen a game from him like that in a long time. He's obviously dealt with his, you know, own injuries. But when he was on the lines, I mean, he was really known as a pass-catching running back. That was his thing. He'd come in and catch passes. But, yeah. I mean, not only did his stat line obviously show absolute dominance, he looked good. Yeah. I mean, he was looking quick. He was patient. When he found, you know, he's sitting there, waiting, chopping his feet, waiting for the hole. When he found the hole, he hit it. 
absolutely took off. I mean, he looked like it was absolute stud running back. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. They have so many running backs. Back. I mean, Gainwell, him, Penny, and Boston Scott. And Hurts, technically. Yeah, and I mean, Hurts. He also gets a lot of rushing work, too, so. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what and happens. And then you got, you got friggin' A.J. Brown and Devontae. That's just not even fair. No, and, and with how good their defense is, it doesn't yeah. seem like it's even fair how good the Eagles should be and how good they look on paper. But it's going to be something to monitor. If, you know, is it going to be a 50-50 split with Swift and Gainwell when he comes back? Was this performance enough to win Swift? The, you know, absolute one role, workhorse role. We'll see. To be determined. But I'd say that's enough for that game. Let's just go through kind of quickly through all the rest of the games coming up this week. So that was a Thursday night game. Let's just start with the 1 o'clock slate. All right, we're doing, a, we're doing a pick and then a little bit of overview. Let's just do a pick and, a, and an overview and then maybe a thing or two about a player if you, you know, have something to say or about the team. All right. Kind of leave it open to discussion. We got the Packers at the Falcons, 1 o'clock game. Um, what, do you, what do you think here? Packers. Ritter, Packers win. Jordan Love's going to play pretty well, I think, again. Desmond Ritter looks terrible. Um, yeah, not much else. I wouldn't start any fa- I wouldn't start any Falcons receivers. Uh, I'd start Bijan, of course. And I'd start I'd start him and Algier. Start Algier as well. Yeah, I'd start either of them. I would not start any receivers. Wouldn't start Pitts. Wouldn't start uh, Drake London until he proves something. Uh, like I said, I think Ritter looks terrible. As far as the Packers, uh, I think Aaron Jones and uh, Christian Watson are still questionable. Um, right now. I th- last I heard, Aaron Jones was doubtful. Yeah, he missed practice on uh, Friday, so um, that doesn't look good for him. Christian Watson, I don't know. He had a limited practice Friday, so also questionable. But so, I mean, start A.J. And got, Dillon. And you got Dalps. Dalps, yeah. yeah. How about Musgrave, the tight end? Start it depends on what you got on your roster. Depends yep. on what you got. Now, I would start like Laporta over him. I start if you or somebody like that. Right, somebody of that kind of like, you know, not top of the top tight ends. But yeah. You still kind of put them below that, you know, fringe mid tight end one, tight end two. Yeah. I just, I, I mean, I think, yeah, I think he's gonna be good, but I don't know. It's just still early for a rookie. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you on that one as far as the start. I mean, even players. though I just said start Laporta, but, but Laporta's obviously he proved last week. He was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think the Packers are going to take this one down, even on the road. I think they're, I think it's pretty close. They might be like one and a half point road favorites right now. Uh, the last time I checked, but I just what? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't I, know really what they see in the Falcons. I mean, there. yeah, they beat the Panthers, but I mean, Jordan Love. I, I, look, I'm a Packers fan. I'm biased, but everything that was coming out of preseason training camp, all that, and just saying that he was going to be better than people expected. What are the odds that the Packers are going to hit the lottery three times in a row with Favre and Rodgers? I told you this when he came in for Rodgers that one game. I said, man, he looked really – I said, man, he played that one quarter and he looked really good. And I think that the Packers have played this scenario correctly with having him study behind Aaron Rodgers. You can even see his mechanics, like the little jump, open the hips, throw when he rolls out to the left side. I mean, there's just so many things that you can see resemble Rodgers. I think he was an incredible student learned a lot, and I think Jordan Love's going to be Even though Rodgers was a piss-poor mentor. As far as the uh, physical attitude, play, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just saying as far as like what Jordan Love should copy from him. Yeah, just like nah, the physical, I, nah, the, I agree. the reads, and you know, all that kind of stuff. But I think Jordan Love's going to be solid. I think, he, I think he's going to have a really good year uh, as far as people putting him right now. Like, 
you know, the main quarterback tier, I think he's going to be chasing up to that elite quarterback tier, maybe like fringe top eight, eight kind of guy by the end of the year. But as far as the start sit, I agree with all that. Uh, moving on to the next game, we got the Bills versus the Raiders. I'm going to just go ahead and put this one out there. I think this is going to be a get-right game for the Bills. Uh, obviously, you know, losing to the Jets in week one. The second Aaron Rodgers goes down on the fourth play of the game, I believe it was, for the Jets offense. I mean, the Bills are thinking that they should have this one in the bag. Yeah. Ends up going to overtime. Jets miracle punt return for the win to the crib. And, you know, that's not something that the Bills fans expected after, you know, the Rodgers injury, especially even without the Rodgers injury. I'm sure they wanted to win that game even though it was close. But I think the Bills are going to go ahead and take care of business. I think they're probably one of the highest implied point totals on the slate this week going up against the Raiders. I think they're going to get right, you know, start your Bills. You got, you know, James Cook, Josh Allen, obviously Diggs. Not sure that I'd go with, you know, Davis. We got better options uh, with Dave Davis there. I mean, obviously that's a boom-bust candidate. So if you think you're going to need something like that, a big week from a player, I mean, maybe you can start him. But uh, looking at the tight ends, I mean, what do you think about Kincaid and Knox? We saw a pretty even split for them. I think Kincaid maybe had one more catch or one more. So I don't, I don't think I would start either of them. I just because I that like it's right. I mean if one of them were getting all the work then right. yeah but it's just the fact that they're doing all this splitting you don't know like one of them could end up getting all the work and right. you have no idea which one and you don't know what game it's going to be depending on that game plan. I mean until I and until until and yeah I mean tight ends is just so hard I mean there's nothing the reality is no matter what tight end you play unless unless it's Kelsey, Kelsey you're probably going to be a wash on the week with whatever yeah. other person you're playing that yeah. ain't got a tight end. You're probably going to go, you know. It's not going to make that big of a difference. three to eight point range unless they end up having two touchdowns or something crazy like that. Yeah. And like, the, I think, I, I mean, Hunter Henry was tight end one last week. Yeah. And yeah, tight end two was, uh, I think, uh, Hayden Hurst. I think it was. I think it was Hayden Hurst. So, I mean, that's, those are your two top guys, mm-hmm. in which nobody would have ever thought after week one. So. And then just, you know, flipping to the other side of the ball, I mean, Garoppolo, you're not going to really play him unless you're really desperate for a quarterback. I mean, Josh Jacobs. Jacob. Kobe Myers is out, so Devontae Adams is getting targets. So going to be absolutely in on that one. Kobe uh, Myers looked really good until yeah, he got I mean, freaking yeah, plowed. Yeah, which hopefully he's doing okay. I mean, that looked like a Yeah, I think he's That just, was one of those ones where it just looks visually very scary. Yeah. With, you know, that was, I mean, he looked like his, Tua. Yeah, with his eyes and his face and everything like that. Obviously, super scary. Reminds everybody dangerous. And all that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, what do you think about Renfro? Probably. Uh, kind of yeah. We got a uh, call here. We're just gonna pretend <laughs> like that didn't happen. Just moving on here. Uh, so, what do you got? I mean, I mean, are you gonna go with the Bills? Obviously, to win this one. Oh yeah, I Josh Allen. Josh Allen won't do anything like last week again. I mean, he had a ter- <laughs> terrible performance. Speaking of uh, the next game coming up here, speaking of. The elite quarterbacks with terrible performances. We got the Bengals against the Ravens, and uh, obviously the Bengals. Both of them, Lamar and Joe, game. play bad. Lamar also coming off a horrible <coughs> game, fantasy wise as well. I mean, what Joe Burrow had like three last week, and then Lamar made like six or seven points. T Higgins with a goose against the obviously extremely good. Oh, uh, dude, he's gonna he's year. gonna have a huge week. You think so? I yeah. mean, I, I agree. I mean, I think we could definitely see a huge, just like the Bills. I think we could see a you know get right game for. The Bengals here, but I mean, going up against the Ravens, I mean, you know, you got a divisional rival here. I don't really see, you know, I 
know, the bill, I see the Bills, like I said, blowing out the Raiders. But I, don't, I see this game being pretty close, but maybe a little bit high scoring, you think? Or? Yeah, I think it'll be pretty high scoring. Um, I think it'll be a good game. I think that – I think Joe has a good game. I think Lamar has a good game. Um, I think you should start Zay Flowers. I know I am. Yeah, I mean, he had, he had 13.2 last week. I mean, and I, he let 10 targets. Wow, I didn't yeah. get 10 targets. Yeah. That's huge. I think you should start Zay Flowers. There could be the potential. Let me see what the latest update on Mark Andrews is. Questionable. If he, if Mark Andrews is out, Zay Flowers is a. It looks like, you know, I'm no injury start. expert here, but Mark Andrews, let's see, full participant in practice on Friday. Officially questionable still for week two, but looking like he'll probably at least get some limited workload. I think even with Mark Andrews in, I'm willing to start Zay Flowers. That's probably where I'd end it for the, you know, Ravens receivers. Yeah. I don't know that I'd go too much. I, I, down with I wouldn't Odell start Odell. Bateman or yeah. anything like that. I think Mark Andrews, obviously, if he plays, you're going to start him. Like we mentioned at the tight end position, you're not going to have a better option than that. Because you're not yeah. going to have Andrews and Kelsey. Um, so you're looking at Andrews, Zay Flowers, Lamar Jackson. I mean, what are you willing to do with, with the running back situation right now with the J.K. Dobbins injury? I mean, it's kind of TVD on Gus Edwards. Uh, I mean, if you had if you had uh, if you had Dobbins and you picked one of them up, I say you. I mean, you, I feel like you got to start them because right. I'm sure you're starting Dobbins. Right. It's, um, kind of, it's kind of a coin flip as to which one's going to be maybe the one that ends up with the touchdown, ends up with the most serviceable fantasy yeah. week. I mean, you'd like to think maybe Gus Edwards with his size would be the one that get the goal line work. Would you but, start like one of them over? Because I mean, Eckler's out this week. Would you? I think he's going to be out. Right. That's a, Would you start like one of them over uh, Joshua Kelly? That's kind of you know that's pretty close to where I draw the line. I would personally. I know Josh Kelly with obviously how good he played last week, even with Eckler in and out of the game. Um, I just think he's got a tough matchup against the Titans this week. I think the Chargers are going to be really pass focused, and God, that's such a tough call. I mean. Kelly's in such a good role with Eckler being out this week, but I probably I probably still go Kelly over one of these guys. Yeah, be a really I would close call for me. I think Kelly. A lot of people are really big on him just with his opportunity with Eckler being out this week. I think he's not going to have as big of a game as people are thinking. Uh, just with the matchup against the Titans and the game script, it's going to lead to a lot of passing for the Chargers. But I mean, one of these guys, whoever gets the touchdowns, going to be pretty good for this week for fantasy. Yeah. Moving to the Bengals side of things, I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, Burrow, Mixon, Chase, Higgins. I need Mixon to freaking do something. I mean, I think that's. I think much any crazy. Bengals player needs to do something. Right. I mean, I think they will. I don't. I don't think you're going to see something like what happened last week. And I think, as far as the Bengals are concerned, it's pretty clear cut about who you're starting instead of here. I don't really know that you're going to go too far deep into. I mean, maybe you're looking at the tight end position, Irv Smith. I mean, nothing too crazy last week, but you know the offense wasn't doing anything last week anyway. So, I mean, if you know if they run up the score a little bit, I'm sure he'll get his little you know portion of the pie. I mean, I'm sure he'll maybe get five, six targets, four catches, maybe for well, that 20, 30, 40, 50 yards, maybe at that. So, I mean, again, at the tight end position, it's kind of a wash. Yeah. Um, you might have probably a better option than that, but if not, maybe you're willing to start him. Maybe not. To be determined. Next game coming up here. This should be an interesting game. Seahawks versus Lions. Seahawks, man. O-line. Last year, we saw this game going into an absolute shootout. It was good for everybody. 
on both sides of the football for fantasy. But like you mentioned, Seahawks offensive line unable to protect Geno Smith, still dealing with injuries, still dealing with personnel issues. You know, you've got uh, Aiden Hutchinson on the defensive line yeah. for the Lions, which, you know, he's an absolute game wrecker. If, <laughs> in week one, if the Chiefs' right tackle wasn't moving early and started way off the line on every Oh, my, yeah. Dude was a second right freaking fullback. I mean, it was very questionable in the world of NFL on how he was able to line up so far off the line of scrimmage and being getting these early jumps on every single play. Clearly, Dane Hutchinson has that effect. And, I mean, yeah. I think he could be a really big game record and disrupt the Seahawks this game, which I project the Lions to win this game. I project the Lions to get up early. The Seahawks are going to be in a game script that's going to denote a lot of passing for them. And with Geno Smith trying to get back there and, you know, spread out the offense and launch a bunch of passes, and he's going to need time to do it back there. He's not going to be able to, you know, get quick dumps and scramble out and do all that. And I think Aiden Hutchinson could be a huge game record for this game and a reason why the Seahawks can't get the offense going in a game that they're definitely going to need to pass a lot. Yeah. Uh, uh, so we said we said start Laporta. Well, depends on who you got, but probably start Laporta. I'm, I'm pretty big on Laporta. I think depending on who you got, I mean, I think there's a lot of people that he's going to be your best option out there. Um, now, which out of all the receivers in this game, who do you start? I mean, I'm looking both teams. Like I said, I'm looking at the Seahawks potentially having an issue. I mean, I feel like you got to start DK. Getting passing, but you know, I'm willing to start DK Lockett. I'm willing to take a shot on Smith and Jigba. If you really are in that position, I'm not huge on that play this week, just because yeah, I'd rather I I'd rather see something and then make that the reason you're going to start him. I'd start a I'd start a Buccaneers wide receiver or something like that over there. Like Godwin or Evans. I mean, I, I definitely would agree doing that. And we'll get to that game later. I think Evans is you know potentially a really good play this week. I think that I think that I think my lines draw. I think Lockett's a Lockett's a tough one French. still. Yeah, uh, I think that's the line. I think, and then I think as far as the Lions, I mean, Amonra, I think could have a huge game. I think he might be in a position to be watching. Um, I don't know if there's another wide line wide receiver I'd start. Just, just looking at this depth chart here, I wouldn't really go any much any deeper than Amon Ra, but I'd go go ahead and start. Start Montgomery because yeah, that boy eating boy. I would go ahead and definitely start Montgomery. Start Gibbs. You know, you're going with the whole backfield for the Lions on this one. Jared Goff, I think, is also in an excellent position this week. You know, you're going to start your Lions. Um, you know, like you said, DK. Lockett, I'm willing to get in there, but that's probably where I draw the line on that one. Not looking at the tight end situation there. And, I mean, Geno, gosh, I mean, that's a tough call. You probably, you know, where you got Geno at, I mean, you might have another quarterback that's a better option, but if you got to, I mean, that's kind of a tough call, but you might have to just trust Geno and really, really play. I have, I have, I'll just go ahead and say this. In my, one of my leagues, I have Geno and Anthony Richardson. And guess who I'm starting? Anthony Richardson. Yep. Okay, I mean, I don't. I actually don't hate that play on that one, and you know, clearly that's the. I think I actually dropped Gino. I think I dropped Gino and picked up. uh, I think I dropped him and just got a skill player. And then again, uh, just kind of to round things out, looking at the running back position for the Seahawks. I mean, you're going to start Kenneth Walker, even in a game that projects to be pass heavy. Don't start any other one of their running backs. He's obviously in a position to still get a touchdown. Still, he's going to get a lot of work. He looks good week one. Uh, but, but 
I'm just saying we got 20. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyhow, I think the lines are pretty obvious starts in this one, and then anything with the Seahawks, you're just hoping that this game turns into a shootout again. And, I mean, it, it does have one of the highest over-unders of the week, I believe. It's somewhere up. It's either in the high quarters or maybe it cracked that 50 mark. Um, so, obviously, Vegas thinks it's going to be a shootout despite the offensive line struggles for the Seahawks. But it's going to be an interesting one to see there. If you're doing any sort of, like, daily fantasy DraftKings lineups, that could definitely be a game to target and have multiple players from if it does end up in that shootout. Because, as we've seen, having stacks in games that turn into the super high-scoring game for the week, like just like this game was last year, I mean, you could really kill it having, you know, two, three, even four players from a game like this if that's what it turns into game that you probably don't want to have a lot of players for your daily fantasy. This next game coming up, we got the Texans versus the Colts. <laughs> yeah. I think the old runner in this one is below 40. I think it's somewhere like 37 and a half, 38 and a half. Kind of gross. What a boring game. Fantasy concerns. I mean, what do you look, I think, I mean, you're going to be playing Damian Pierce. You can take a dart throw at any of the Texans wide receivers, but you're not going to be happy about it. You're not going to be playing Stroud. Richardson's probably Pittman, man. I think I think Pittman's now that they actually have a coach who knows what he's doing, not Jeff Saturday. Now that they have a quarterback, I forgot they had that last year. Now that they have a quarterback who can play a little bit and is not stuck in the backfield like Matt Ryan was. Right. Um, I think I think Pittman's a good start. I think he's your a solid wide receiver too. I think, especially for where he was being drafted. Right. I think a lot of people are going to get really good draft day value on Pittman. Um, as far as how he's looked so far, how the Colts looking like they're going to be able to utilize him. So besides that, I mean, you got Richardson, you got Pittman in there. I think, I think the really only big question as far as start sick goes with this game is the running back situation with the Colts. Zach Moss is going to be active this week. Deion Jackson, not a good week last week. It looks like Zach Moss is going to be the starter. So I guess the really the real question is, are you just going to be willing to start him or not? Most likely, if you have him on your team, you probably picked him up on the waivers this week. Because you have league, to start him. If you're in a probably. Bad league, you probably spent a good bit on him. You know, maybe anywhere from 10 to 25%. I assume if you went out of your way to pick up Zach Moss, that you have to start him. I hope so. Just because of that capital that you invested in. Yeah. yeah. Because Zach, I mean, I would stay away from that Colts backfield. I had Deion Jackson, and he's gone. I dropped him. You had a quick tenure on your. Yeah, he was there for a week, and he's gone. So, yeah, I mean, I guess the big question here, we're just going to settle this and say if you went out and were able to get Zach Moss, you're going to play him for whatever you paid for him or whatever waiver priority you used on him. Other than that, as far as the outcome of this game, who are you going to take here? I'm going Colts. I think I'd go with the Colts. I think, I think, which are the Colts 1-0? I think Colts are. Or do they, who do they? I think they're one out. They played. Um... No, they lost to the Jags. Oh, they lost to the Jags. Yeah, that's right. Never mind. But they played them pretty good, though. Yeah, they played them pretty good. They that's right. Them pretty yeah. good, okay. I'm gonna go with the Colts with you on that one as well. The Texans. They got a lot of young talent, but we just really haven't seen anything yet. So, Stroud. Stroud just hasn't shown enough either, man. No, and I mean that a lot of people question that pick on draft day. Obviously, a lot of people referencing the low IQ. Will Richardson end up being the best quarterback out of the draft? That would be something else. With we got a lot of time, but shook out, but I mean, to be determined. Yeah. In a position where he could have a year that would be supportive of him being the best. Yeah. Back out of that draft class, I agree with you on that. We see. Moving on to the next game that I believe has the highest over/under 
of the week and another one for your you know DraftKings lineup, daily fantasy, or just normal fantasy for that matter. You're going to want to target your players for this game. We got the Chiefs versus the Jaguars. What are we looking at here? I mean, as far as start sit wise, obviously Lawrence, Mahomes are in play. ETN is in play. Ridley is a super good play. I'm even willing to go with St. Jones is a good play. Yeah. Evan Ingram is a good play. Kelsey's a good play. I think the question comes Kelsey play. is a great play. That boy is going to be looking for Kelsey and after last week. Let's just see the latest injury report here. Travis Kelsey, me, limited practice all week. Officially listed as He's fine. He was twerking at practice. practice. He's good. Yeah. He's fine. Practice, you know, he was kind of joking around. He, was doing he just had a week off. He had to go visit Tay-Tay. <laughs> He's fine. For all those who are not caught up to speed on the celebrity drama, there is rumors of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Dude, that would be wild. Uh, potentially seeing each other, dating, friends, not sure what, to be determined. Yeah, I, I've heard of they're seeing each other, whatever you want to classify that as. It all started off with apparently this how it went. Which this, this, we're talking about this, so we need more women viewers and right. listeners we're, on the show. Because we are now expanding to drama, Swifties. So, we want yeah. everybody to understand that we are about this. If you guys want the Swiftie updates, you guys got to tune into the C2 Sports Pod. You that is, that is information that is un, un, unknown to many. So, uh, again... <laughs> Elaborating on this, I think it all started off. I think Travis Kelsey, he was kind of making it outspoken about his feelings for Taylor Swift, and he went to a concert, wanted to give her a friendship bracelet, which, as the Swifties know, it's a big thing with their whole uh, audience and fan base and all that. It was not able to give it to her at the game for whatever, or at the concert for whatever reason. Somehow, he obviously found a way to give her his number because the rumor has that they've been hanging out. A lot of conspiracy theories behind it with Taylor Swift and the Eagles. Like, she's trying to do some, you know, elaborate plot behind, you know. There's no way she's that big of an Eagles fan. Uh, that would probably be, like, the most legendary NFL conspiracy. That would be wild. She's, like, trying to sabotage the Chiefs for the Eagles to be a Super Bowl. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> we, can, we can move back to the yeah, we probably should move back to the football. <laughs> the we don't know enough about Tay-Tay to be talking about it that much. <laughs> it's going to need its own segment in the description of this episode. Like 10 minutes talking about Taylor Swift. Maybe we need to bring in some local uh, Swift. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe we'll start having a little weekday uh, special, special episode. Guest, special yeah. guest. Uh, anyhow, I think the big question to start sit here is primarily on the Chiefs side looking at the receiver core, looking at the running backs. I mean, obviously the Chiefs, they're going to get theirs. They're going to have a lot of points. You never know, besides Kelsey, who is going to get the touchdown. I wouldn't start any receiver. And especially after last week, I don't know how Mahomes is not going to throw every single ball to Kelsey I think, after all the drops. I think, you, I think you sit. I think Tony is going to be the receiver over the course of the year that you can play, but I don't think you play him until he proves that he has a game. Even though – you were talking about this earlier. I think you're going to bench him on this one. I think he's going to burn you. I think he's going to have a, a decent game. I think he's going to get maybe like a touchdown, 50, 60 yards, a couple catches. I think you're going to regret benching him this game. But it's just one of those things that he's got to earn his way into your starting line. Yeah. And you've got to just wait until he proves you wrong for a week, maybe even two weeks in a row. Yeah. Before, and, you know, make sure he's got that connection with Mahomes before you're willing to do that. And I agree with you on that one. I'm kind of taking the same approach to the running backs game. Pacheco, yeah. obviously, he gets a lot of work. But Dude, I've never, ever understood the Pacheco hype. I mean, yeah, he's I mean, he's better than Hilaire. And he runs good. I mean, he does but, run good, but the Chiefs often so spread out, man. It's always yeah. so tough to call. 
Yeah, it so, is. I mean, if you don't have any better options, you can always take a shot on any of these Chiefs. Only, guys. only people I'd start on the Chiefs is Kelsey and Mahomes. And I, I mean, I can definitely see why you would do that. You really never know who else. I mean, there's going to be one receiver or running back that has it. It's just someone different game. every time. You just don't know. It's yeah. Be, is, is MBS going to get the deep touchdown? That's what I'm too? saying. Is Kadarius Tony going to just pro. randomly you know, do something? Rasheed Rice was the only one who looked capable last week. Not dropping <laughs> like 50% of the balls thrown his way. Golly. I mean, so you never know with the Chiefs. I think that about covers that besides, you know, who we got in this one. I think if Kelsey plays, I think the Chiefs are going to get right this week. There's just no way they start 0-2. That's just the way I see it. Yeah. Even without Kelsey playing, I think they're going to find a way. Nah, I think I agree. Uh, if the Chiefs – well, didn't they Did they start 0-2 last year? They didn't start hot last year. I know that. I don't know what – I think they, they started like 1-3. I think it was maybe like yeah. an 0-1. They didn't start well. Three, yeah, I don't know if they start 0-2. I think I'm the same way. I got Chiefs. All right. I think that about covers it for that game. Moving on to maybe some – Less exciting games in the you know, fantasy scheme, grand scheme of things, but we got the Bears, we got the Buccaneers. Um, um, what are we thinking about this one? I'm just picking this game. This isn't even worth talking about. <laughs> Bears, are, gonna... Bears, freaking stink. I'm going Bucks. Baker at least plays hard. Baker Bucks. All right. I think I think I, I'm right there with you on the Baker Bucks call. Um, that's one thing I will say, man. Baker freaking plays hard. He does. And uh, his stats aren't always great, but he does go at it. Um, as far as starters on the Bears, I mean, Herbert. I'd start Herbert. You'd start Herbert in the running back room? Okay, I can see that. Obviously, you're going to start Fields. Wide receivers, risky. I don't even know if I'd start DJ Moore this week. Dude, I mean, I... They're just not utilizing how, how I think they should utilize him. Yeah. That's for sure. And over to the Bucks side, I mean, you got you got Baker. I think Godwin and Evans are going to be good starts. I think Evans have a really good week, man. Yeah. I think he's. In a I think either of them really could be good. good. I think both of them could. You know, they're going to see a lot of targets. I think Rashad White's terrible. I agree. I, I think, think. I think I've never. People were saying that this guy is going to be legit. Like the Bucks, that's what they need. They let Leonard Fournette go because they had him. He's terrible. I think. Call me crazy. Part of this, uh, shout out to the Fantasy Footballers podcast because they're a huge inspiration for us and uh, obviously get a lot of information from them. And one of the takes that that podcast has is that Sean Tucker, who is an undrafted free agent because of, like, a, I think he had, like, some sort of heart issue. But basically, he's medically cleared now. And for all the reps that people have seen, he's apparently looked way better, way more athletic, uh, uh, way more athletic way better running back than Rashad White, and they're saying that he's going to work his way into the starting role, and I could definitely see a world where that happens. So I'm just going to second that take and uh, go along with that. You know, it's, if you don't have any better option, I guess you could, but Rashad White, not not huge on him this week. Uh, moving on to the Chargers-Titans. My boy, bolt up. I think that the Chargers are going to take down this one. In Nashville, we wanted to go to this game. Yeah, that would have been awesome. That would have been awesome. Nashville's a great atmosphere for any of you guys who haven't gone yet. If you're of uh, legal drinking age, even if not, I mean, it's still an awesome city, but definitely. Yeah, you feel uh, a little left out if you're not 21. The downtown Broadway scene there is quite the place. I definitely highly recommend that. 
Chargers are going to win. Wire there goes to your tight team. Wire out. Tannehill looks terrible. Man, Tannehill did, man. He looked, he looked like he doesn't belong to the NFL anymore from what I saw. Uh, I just, at what point are the Titans like, what are we doing with our quarterback room? I mean, they got Will Levis who they just drafted. What are we doing with the quarterback room? What are we doing with week one? Tajay Spears gets more volume than Derrick Henry. Yeah. What are we doing about that? I mean, that is just absurd. That's what I, I'm curious if, like, the Derrick Henry era is over. Is he just, like, is he just way older than, than people give him credit for? Is it, is it really all these years that he seemed indestructible and just give him, like, 30 carries every single game of the year he's going to be fine? Is it just older? I mean, is his father time just caught up with Derrick Henry? I don't know. I mean, it is. I mean you still start him. Oh, I, of course, especially where you draft him at. You're definitely going to be starting yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, other starts, Herbert for sure. I'd start Joshua Kelly. I, th- oh, yeah. I, mean, I think he's going to have a pretty good game. You're looking down the line at what should be a big offensive game for the Chargers. You're looking at Herbert. You're looking at Kelly. I mean, Kelly will have the production he had last week or better. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Uh, I wouldn't start QJ. Leave QJ on the bench. He hasn't done anything yet. Yeah, I'd probably draw the line there after Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, with Josh Palmer. I don't know, man. If I'm if I'm for somebody who's got people on the Titans, I'm looking at Derrick Henry, and that is it, man. I don't want to really start D Hop this week. I don't want to be playing Tannehill. Obviously, you're probably not going to be playing him anyway. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't game. start anybody but Derrick Henry on the Titans. I'm right there with you on that one. Chargers going to take it down this game. Let's see how we got. One, two, three, four, five. Gosh, seven games. Oh, uh, we might what, we might just have to hop into Pickums. Let's see. Pickums in one player a game that you'd start. Giants Cardinals. I'm gonna pick the Giants bounce back game, partially because the Cardinals stink, partially because the Giants are better than what they showed in Week One, and uh, I think bounce back game for Saquon Barkley. I am going Giants also, and if you need a tight end, start Zach Ertz. Interesting. I like it. I like the deep play there. Niners Rams. This is gonna be a good game. I think the Niners just look so strong. Their defense, their offense, all around looks good. I think they're going to take this one down. I think the Rams might put up a little bit of more fight than people are expecting. Stafford looks good. And he did look really good in week one. And I'm not sure about Puka. I think he might be questionable. He might not even play this week. I'm looking at IU to have another big game, man. I think people will need to give IU just credit where credit's due. Me, he's been I think the Niners win also. I think Purdy struggles a little bit, but I think they win. Um, and I think that, yeah, I don't know. I think they might win by a lot, actually. I just don't. I don't know. Rams, like I said, Rams did look good last week, pretty good. But offense, I mean, but I don't know. That's a tough one. Start-wise, who would I start? How about this? Start Kyron Williams or Cam Akers, or what do you think is going to be with that situation? That's a tough situation. I was really, really high on Cam Akers going into the year, but now it looks like they're back to square one with him. Twenty-two carries for twenty-nine yards. Uh, yeah, that is horrible. Yeah, not as bad as um, what's his name who had thirteen carries for fourteen yeah, yards. Uh, I can't think of who it was, but I remember somebody have that. But anyways, I would stay away from that. Uh, Sorry, Christian McCaffrey. (laughs) Freezing cold takes here. 
on the CP spot. We are almost at our destination. We are at six percent battery. We're gonna knock the rest of these out. And for anybody who's listening now, an hour and twenty minutes in, we're tired too. Glad you stuck with us for this long. Sorry if we haven't covered your favorite team's game yet, but we're gonna have to be a little bit quick because uh, <laughs> Jets Cowboys. Cowboys defense gonna have some oh, yeah. stifle Zach Wilson. I would not even. I'm not excited to play Garrett Wilson this week. I'm not excited about any uh, Jets players. Anybody want to trade for Garrett Wilson? And that is a uh, active <laughs> reach out to anybody in the fantasy league. Um, I was asking as a personal question. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. I think Cowboys win I'm big. Just, I'm start the Cowboys. I think they're going to win big. Their defense is so good. Exactly. I think uh, if Cooks, Brandon Cooks plays, I think he's start of the week. Sneaky start of the week, Brandon Cooks. I like it. Opposite. Not going to be getting tailed by a bond sauce gardener all game. Yep. Maybe he ends up with a lot more work if CD's getting clamped up. I like that play. I think there's some solid logic going behind that one. Then moving on to the commander versus the Broncos. Sorry if either one of these is your team, but this is a boring game, man. Fantasy. I don't even know if I'd sniff any of the commanders. Commanders beat the Cardinals, right? Yeah, 20 yeah. to 16. I, I, I go Broncos. I think Broncos turned it around. I think that. Well, Broncos lost close, right? Or did they win? They, um. They lost close. Raiders won. And, uh, I don't even know. I can't even and they they lost fairly so. close. The Raiders won though. I know that. Um, now yeah, I think Broncos. Broncos win. I think it's a relatively close game. Um, I think Russell has a good game. Russell actually looked pretty good last Dude, week. I think this is going to be a Russell bounce back here. I, I do too, I and that's why I him his ADP this year was really low, and I really like that because I think he's going to have a pretty good season. I think yeah, I think I, I think they bounce back, and I think that the start for that game. Right mm. now, Jerry Judy is good to go for Sunday. That's the latest report. I'd start Javante Williams for sure. Start Javante now. Jerry Judy back. Split between him and Cortland Sutton. Maybe not look as juicy for Cortland Sutton as people thought. Yeah. Um, going on, Dolphins to Patriots. I like the Dolphins, man. Their offense looks so damn good. I mean, there's nobody that's going to stop this Dolphins offense between Waddle and Tyreek. I think this week is going to be a Jalen Waddle game. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, dude, I don't he, know he didn't do nothing last week. I mean, he's had a pretty decent week still, but just nothing compared to Tyreek's output. I mean, he had a – let's just get a little fact check on this. Wa- had, How many fantasy points did Waddle have? He had five targets, four catches, 78 yards. I mean, oh, I, I guess I just half PPR, missed he's that. About 10 points, but, I mean, I think it was just super quiet compared to what Tyreek yeah, they freaking cooked our Chargers. I think, I think, and our defense is supposed to be pretty good. Yeah, especially the pass. J.C. Jackson's a freaking dummy. Oh, my gosh, that was so hard to watch. Well, he was getting cooked, and he was just doing dumb stuff. Like the freaking interception in the end zone, and he returned it out of the end zone. That was just so good. Yeah. I, I, think, uh, I think it's going to be a waddle week, big on waddle, uh, big on the stack with him and Tyreek and Tua. They're going to get the job done. Speed and, round. Uh, I got Dolphins, yeah. And moving on, Saints, Panthers. Ooh, this is kind of a tough one. I got Panthers I got at Carolina. Saints. We're going to split. I got the Saints, even at Carolina. I think they're going to get the job done. And I think Derek Carr might sling it around a little bit. I think you start Hayden Hurst again if you need a tight end. I agree with that. Uh, Browns, Steelers. I got the Browns. They looked good last week. Defense yeah, good. I agree. Steelers uh, look terrible. Watson. And by the way, let's just note this, man. They got the doubleheader Monday night in Howard Park with the Saints. 
Yeah, that stinks. I don't know anybody who's a fan of this. Again, follow the money, but I mean, come on. I mean, that's just. I, I don't really understand the double header. Thurs, baby, Thurs. Um, all right, so we're split on that one. I got the Saints and the Panthers. Um, let's see, I don't know. That about finishes the NFL. It's a little bit rush at the end, but I think that was for the better for everybody here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, we've just touched down. The C2 Sports Pod <laughs> has arrived in West Jefferson. We're going to be here competing in a golf tournament tomorrow morning at uh, 8 a.m. sharp. So we got to hit the hay. Oh, yeah. Right when we pull up here. and uh, After we get a few quick glimpses of prime time. Yeah, we're definitely going to tune into the Colorado game. <laughs> and uh, Schneider Sanders discounted Lionel Prize winner. It's pretty juicy. Um, anyhow, so uh, we'll be back on the socials. We're going to get this thing up, back up and running with season two. We will. We should should we get the social activated with the golf tournament tomorrow? Yeah, I think yeah. we should get it activated. Get if, there's it any, if there's any sort of live uh, leaderboard scoring or anything, we'll link that in like an Instagram story or something like that, and we will uh, just keep everybody updated. Obviously, if either of us wins, gross or net or any sort of thing like that, we're gonna be you know letting the world hear it. Um, other than that, yeah, we got the golf tournament tomorrow, and very excited for season two starting back up. We're gonna There's be we're gonna be a lot more we're gonna be a lot better than last time. We are and. We're starting at a better time, right at the beginning of football season. Yeah. And that's what we really, I mean, that's one of the big things we like to cover. So, And now I'm not even getting any audio. So it looks like maybe our mic's done. <laughs> Good time for the mics. Good baby. night, everybody. We appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, we're going to get this uploaded so that we can uh, get on to season two, episode two. All right, peace out. Peace.